All right. Welcome. Welcome to T25CL Entertainment, Galaxy Talk Radio. United We Stand is the name of my show, and I'm your host, Galaxy Chief Andre Ward. It's Tuesday, June 30th, two, year 2020, and the time is 11 a.m. Yes, yeah, it's late 11 a.m. I know you guys are used to hearing us in the evening time, but it's 11 a.m. here on the West Coast. Let's go over some temperatures around the world. It's 66 degrees here in Oakland, 66 in our sister city, Los Angeles. 88 in Tulsa, Oklahoma, 77 in New York City, 64 in London, 81 in Lagos, Nigeria, 66 in Nairobi, Kenya. Okay, let's go over about who we are just in case you're new to the broadcast and don't know who we are. We are T25Cell Entertainment. We are your platform for digital entertainment. Please listen to our 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week radio show featuring jazz, R&B, blues, hip-hop, gospel, and international music. Check out the many music artists with available CDs for downloading to your listening devices. We have uh, four radio talk shows on Monday. We have Compton Politics with Lorenzo Murphy. And on Tuesday, we have The Mothership with Dr. Nanana Kwaku. And on Wednesday, we have a star of United We Stand, Rosalind Jordan Mills and Rosalind's Corner. And on Sundays, we have one-on-one with King Coco. And also, five shows, if you include myself and my show with United Stand, for which I am now doing floating shows, and I'm supporting the other radio shows here on Galaxy Talk Radio. So check our website for times and login information for each one of our shows. We here at Galaxy Talk Radio... Believe it or not, we are not professional broadcasters. We offer a platform for independent artists, filmmakers, and writers to advertise what they do and for the listening audience to call in and meet our artists as well as expressing themselves on what is going on in the world, no matter what the subject matter may be. As you know, my show, United We Stand, was named after our film, United We Stand. But the intent was to bring attention to the black economy on a global basis. Our intent is to reach across America and across the globe to build a universal economy and to make a trading partners abroad. Now, said before, our spending capacity here is about $1.3 trillion annually would be the equivalent to the seventh greatest economy in the world. The problem is the circulation of the world wealth in our communities and with other black owned businesses in the United States and black on black corporate crime. When dollars are not recirculated and invested into the community, we have business failures and massive unemployment, as we do today. Please visit our website as www.t25co.com. Listen to the free 30-second clip of our music artists such as Charles Small, Brenda Lee Edgar, Mark Allen Felton, Rosson Jordan Mills, Ranzel Merritt, Myron Edwards, Hunk Browning, Cartier-Jones, and Mr. Gates, Kimba, Young Bobby and Lexi, Wally Taylor, Chet Willis, Cleveland Jones and the Five Tempting Men and Leroy Wainwright. Our film projects are the Kev Choice concert filmed at Yoshi's in Oakland, starring Oakland's own Kev Choice. Black August, a film directed by Sam Stiles and starring Gary Gordain. Trumpeline, a film uh, by filmmaker Kimberly Tripani, who is our special guest today. And United We Stand, a film produced by T25 Seal Entertainment and featuring many of our T25CL music artists. For those of you listening in on the website, if you want to call in and ask questions or to make a comment, call 605-562-0444. Our show code is 139283, or log in on our website, and you can view the broadcast on your computer. I'm doing a special broadcast today. And uh, my damn phone always does this too. I'm doing a special broadcast today with our good friend and and our new family member here to T25CL. I mentioned her name earlier. She is filmmaker from New York. She is also an actress and a writer. And so let me welcome to T25CL Entertainment, Kimberly Trapani. Let me unmute you. How are you doing today, my sister? Thank you for having me. I appreciate the forecast. I live next door to a meteorologist locally. Appreciate it so much. All right. I was a meteorologist in my prior lifetime, so I give the weather reports all over the world. All right. So we've been planning on this now for several weeks, and so now we're finally ready to engage you here on the show, and, and now that your film is up for rental 
on our website at t25co.com. And so now this is your coming out party today. We want the whole world to get to know you. We know that we had a lot of people that's invited. I know you told a lot of prominent people to uh, join in the show today. You even called the governor and the president and everybody else to join in today. So hopefully they will join in here with us. So for people who may not be familiar with you, Tell us, tell the world who Kimberly Trapani is, your humble beginnings, and how you got into this dreaded business of filmmaking and and all of that. So it's about you right about now. So go ahead. Yes, it's an interesting business. And I can start by saying that I've tried to be humble in this business on multiple occasions and just really stay grounded with who it is I am and where I come from. I've been in commercials and TV and plays since I was a kid. We had our amateur days also and all the way up to getting trained by a university named Full Sail University and having a graduate level degree in business with relevance to the entertainment industry. I remain humble and I had a vision. I wanted to be an actress as a kid. And I was born in a little town called Cohoes and raised in Cohoes, New York. And we were raised to have manners. We said, please, thank you. Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. I had big shoes to fill because Number one, I was raised as a Christian to love Jesus and the Lord and God and went to Catholic schools all my life with the exception of one year. And two, my great grandfather was a colonel in the Air Force. So I had big shoes to fill uh, the definition of classy. And I didn't understand at the time what classy meant as a little girl. I knew my grandfather is Gramps. He was a colonel and slated to win the gold medal in the Olympics. However, they canceled the Olympics that year due to the war. I was humble as a person. I wore uniforms. I did what I was told. We weren't hit by rulers in Catholic schools, but we said, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, followed rules wore our uniforms, please and thank you, and had manners. So it was a very real eating spaghetti every week because we, our parents were living paycheck to paycheck. We learned work ethic. We grew up in a very well-mannered environment in a little town called, called Cohoes, and it was outside of Albany. Fast forward much later, I worked in corporate world. I was a travel agent for 12 years. I did travel logistics for accountants, CFOs. Then I moved on to national recruitment, pulling people out of Coke and putting them in a Pepsi and vice versa, hiring the best CFOs in, in America, and then worked in finance and investments and knew I still wanted to be an actress. And as I was working my way through my undergraduate years, I took a couple of creative writing classes in a town called Kingston and New Paltz at State University of New York and of Albany and then went on to get more degrees. I had an independent degree in general studies and then moved on to psych and ed in the State University of New York and then went on to full sale to get a graduate level degree while working in corporate America, but that wasn't enough for me. So what ended up happening, I had a global company come to me and ask me to film a commercial for them to recruit talent to work for this global company. So I got my first real gig 
in the top of a tower of a global company to be in a commercial. And then that wasn't enough. So I wanted to start my own company. And this crazy man called me. I didn't know who he was. And he called me and he said, how can I help you? And I said, who are you? And why would you want to help me? And so I met with this crazy man by the name of Chuck Artizone and discovered that he could put me on screen in a green screen in a 6,000 plus square foot studio. So we met, we collaborated, we went in a business together and we made recovery film first. Mm -hmm. And that led to a business with Chuck that was 2014. We filmed in a studio in 2016. We lay, I wrote some scripts and then hooked up with a man by the name of Brian Connors. And Brian Connors was very a mentor for me. He was amazing. I met him at a film uh, festival called Sunscreen Film Festival. We hooked up and he's been like a, a fabulous mentor for me ever since. And he's been in like movies with McFarlane USA and opposite Kevin Costner. And that man has been turned out to be the director of my next film. So um, these two men in my life, although they have lovely, beautiful, amazing wives, went into business with me. So these people that I thought were crazy were actually helping me all along. And so we ended up making heroin. Uh, the, it turned out to be a project in New York with the legislators. I was on panel with a man by the name of John McDonald. And we were talking about, the project was called confronting the overdose crisis in New York State and our slogan was helping people together. So we ended up living up to that, helping people together by going on screen at Sunscreen Film Festival with Dylan McDermott plugging us. Thanks, Dylan. And we ended up going on screen again in Albany at some place called a venue called the Linda. And then we ended up doing the project confronting the overdose crisis. St. Thomas School had us. And then Holly Brown from Coho's Musical had us again. And we paired my film heroin, Brian Connor's film King Baby, and talked about how we were going to encourage recovery and life of addiction in 19 and 20. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Boy, oh boy. So, and and then, so that's what led into the film career. Now, did you start out as a writer or an actress or a filmmaker? I wrote the script and made it a full-length made-for-TV series. And it was the weird, blitzy person on screen at, at the time. So I ended up a little bit of both. I was producing it. I was directing it with Chuck. Actually, Jeremy James and Logan Jones were really directing it. And um, I ended up going on screen myself. Uh, we shot in a studio in 2016. And that was during my master's degree program and ended up just doing some creativity. We added to it during that whole year of 2016. But the first day we shot was May of 2016. And the project went to the film festival one year later. So about 12 months after we shot the first mm -hmm. take in a green screen studio. And not to, not that that didn't keep me busy, but I had to do more. So I ended up becoming some fluffy overzealous title. I am a public relations executive for Second Chance, a fabulous organization that gives back to the economically disadvantaged, wrongly incarcerated, and provides organ donorship in the community. 
and uh, we are still live. I'm not sure if anybody can hear me right now, but I don't hear you, Andre. Well, when Andre, I will take any calls if anyone wants to participate in this chat. Okay, Andre, we seem to have lost you. Oh, there you are. Okay. I see you. I don't hear you. Sorry about that. That's okay. We got, we, we got knocked off. And weird yeah. things have been happening over the internet in the past few days. And uh, we just got knocked off the line there. So... It's, it's just been crazy the past couple of days on the internet. So we are back live again. I know I missed some of it there. So why don't we just get into um, you as being a filmmaker? Because it's something I, I might have missed out on about 90 seconds there when, when you okay. were talking. Okay. And I have so, people texting me right now asking me how to dial in. So maybe you could remind them what the number is and uh, tell them to tell their friends that they can call in or uh, go on the Facebook link I provided. Okay. All right. So if they're listening in, they can call in <laughs> on 605-562-0444. Once again, that's 605 605- Five six two zero four four four, and our show code is one three nine two eight three pound. It's one three nine two eight three pound, and so you can call in and you can talk to Kimberly over the show live, and even the people who keep calling me on the phone, you can call in and talk to Kimberly. Don't talk to me now. I can't talk to you right now. And especially Gary Hodge. I can't talk to you right now. I'm on live worldwide radio. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> all right. So, yeah, please call in and meet Kimberly. Talk to Kimberly, please. All right. Let's go to filmmaking. As a filmmaker, and for those listening who might want to make their own films, how do you go about making a film and what goes into the creativity and imagination before he or she produces a film? Okay, before I answer that question, I want to answer it with this. I, if I had a dollar for everybody in the world that told me that I couldn't make a full-length movie, if I had a dollar for everybody that tried to knock me down in the process, for I had a dollar for everyone that didn't believe that I was gonna make a movie in the first place, it motivated me to keep going and persisting. And if the number one ch arguably challenging business in the world, I attribute it to this, I did worked really hard for my graduate level degree at Full Sail. It polished me as a person. And, but I'm going to attribute it to this. Two people gave me a chance in life to make full-length feature movies. Chuck Artizone and Brian Connors. Brian Connors has worked in this business since he was a kid and he's certainly amazing with the fact that he did a podcast for me in college so we can hear all about Brian Connors on that podcast. But the first suggestion I have if someone wants to start in this business is to hook up with a mentor of someone that actually has made the movie and have has made the mistakes before because it's not a perfect science. There's a lot that goes into that recipe of filmmaking. 
And if we forget the flour in a cake, what's going to happen to the cake? It's going to fall over. So we have to bake that cake again with all the ingredients. It's a learning process. We can't be perfect in the art of filmmaking unless we've done it before. So my first suggestion would be to hook up with someone who has actually made a film or a commercial or has worked in the business before. And as a filmmaker, what is the most challenging part of making a film? Is it pre-production, production, or post-production? That's a loaded question because everything has such moving parts. If you want to meet perfection in this business, it's not going to happen unless you've done it for 30 years. So, because there's a lot in the mix, I would say having dedication to see a project to the end, the most challenging would be getting started pre-production because, and someone may argue with this point with me, pre-production is key to getting the production made and distributed. It would be the place where we would lose people in the process because it's so challenging to get started. Mm -hmm. If we get the movie made, it's easier to get distribution, but pre-production is key to getting the movie made. And it's the most challenging part to get started because it takes a team. It's not an isolated, independent business. We need a team of people to actually see the production to the end. And it's yeah. easy to get lost in the persistence process why we're planning. That's correct, because in that pre-production process, you're absolutely right, because first of all, you got to come up with the concept, the idea of this project, and now you have the concept and the idea, what's going to make it captivating for somebody to come in and, and spend 10 bucks or 15 bucks to sit in the movie theater or $5 to uh, view a film uh, here over our, our our over our network, and so what's going to be compelling about it? And then you got to come up with the script. You got to write it out, and you really got to go over it with someone, and maybe have some readings with it. And then you're going to forever be uh, correcting that script. A script is never ever finalized until it, it changes when you even when you're in production. You know, you're going to be changing things daily in that script. But it's also great to sit around a, a table and, and have people read the parts back and all that, even with the, uh, another film project that I'm working on, uh, Sins of 72. Even though we've developed a script for it, but it was about 10 of us uh, putting this together. That's a part of the team. And uh, we would sit around and, and have discussions on it in a nice round circle. We had a great time. We had the event catered and all that stuff. We had a great time just coming together and reading the script. And we did it over and over and over and over again until we got that script down. And I've heard even about that. I'm looking forward to seeing that movie. I cannot oh, wait to see the cast uh, on that. I'm excited, too. I know we all are. We all are. It's going to be a major budget uh, film project. And so we will get started with pre-production on that film in this year of 2020. So we should have a busy summer and fall with this film. And we are anticipating probably shooting it the latter part of the, of the year. But Sins of 72 is going to be a block buster is going to be something when yes it is out. i've heard about it it's exciting i can't wait to pop the popcorn myself yeah and even with united we stand uh what we had to do to uh, put that project together i mean when you get over 30 but we had about 33 i think music artists 
um, coming together and people were kind of in different locations. We had to do rehearsals and stuff over Skype. And then we had to get this thing down. It, there was two aspects of it, the music aspect of it for actually going to the stage and then also putting the B-roll footage together because you have to tell the story. And so that's one of the compelling things about being a filmmaker. You have to tell the story. You got to have that beginning, you got to have the middle, and you got to have the end. And you want people to be glued to that seat. You don't want anybody getting up in the middle going to buy popcorn. Get all your popcorn before the film starts. And so you don't want to give them any excuses to, to leave that seat. And so even with uh, United We Stand, we had a very powerful message in our film, uh, United We Stand. So for those of you who haven't seen United We Stand, you can do it over our website, just like you can see Trampoline over the website. All right, speaking of Trampoline, okay, how did you come up with the name of Trampoline? We know we saw uh, Trump's uh, imagery over the toilet paper and all of that. So what is the backdrop? What is the story, the message in there with Trump and the toilet paper? Okay, we started off the premise for the film. It's scripted, but we wrote it as we went along, which was nothing I had ever done creative. We, we never did anything like this before where we would just write it as we went along, but we ended up, our idea was to go film headstands in front of a church or wherever we could during the film festival weekend. So we picked Woodstock, since I love Woodstock Film Festival myself, mm -hmm. and I've been there many times, and what better place to start filming but during a film festival. So we ended up, going to a little gift shop in the little town of Woodstock and buying toilet paper with Trump's picture on it and ended up finding some wine with Trump's name on it and on a wine bottle and ended up just using those two props and made a movie out of it and doing headstands mm -hmm. in front of a church ended up becoming a relationship building film and cause-based issues are very very important to me i i'm the catalyst for the drug epidemic one would argue on this confronting the overdose crisis not just in new york state but america but what other issues are that are important to me are domestic violence a human mm -hmm. trafficking, child abuse. So I decided to brand myself with making cause-based movies and teach people not just about the problem, but solutions. So Trumpaline addresses, it's not a political film, although we use Trump props. It's about relationship building um, when there's two delusional characters in a relationship that have are on opposite sides of the spectrum. And we show the problem and jump to the solution. So in a time of fear, in the time of uncertainty under the President Trump administration, we decided to get a little bit creative with that process, use President Trump props, and teach people how to get along um, and build relationships. It, it doesn't just have to be utilized in a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife scenario. It can be used in the corporate world or whenever people don't get along in America and globally, we can learn how to work together when we have different perspectives. So although Trump Align is scripted now, it wasn't scripted on the first day we went to film. We got very creative with the process. It was something organic. I didn't want to do it as a standard genre. I didn't want to label it a documentary or an action film. I wanted to do something different and create something new. So what I did was started off with the Trump toilet paper on day one at the Woodstock Film Festival. We 
generally would get film releases for the extras. However, we didn't know them from Adam. So we ended up just taking the chance and filming people on streets. And we were very polite. We told people what we were doing. We asked them if they wanted to be on camera. The first day that we filmed someone, they said, yes, I want to be on camera. And then she came up to us later and said, well, you're making a Trump film. So I want to be cut out because I'm afraid of the consequences of a Trump film. So we we minded that and ended up cutting her out. And she was an amazing person to talk to. And she learned a lot from us. We learned a lot from her, but we had to cut her out of the movie because she asked us to. Well, there's all these extras floating around in New York State that don't know they're in a full-length movie right now, but they are. We appreciate them, and I credited them as New York State residents. We did the best we could with what we had to work with. Okay, great. <laughs> I know my with uh, United We Stand, uh, my film, you know, United We Stand is an extension of me. And, you know, because even when I get off the phone today, you know, our agenda is getting a billion people off of, pro off of the poverty rolls throughout the world. And so we're just playing our little part here at T25CL Entertainment to eradicate poverty throughout the world. And so I have extended my friendships out to various United Nations uh, youth development ambassadors all throughout Africa. And they all know me. I know them. And so we all work collaboratively to deal with this agenda. They deal with it one way. I deal with it another way. I deal with it through entertainment. And so bringing attention to these global issues. And so it's a, an extension of me and, and what we do here at T25 Steel Entertainment. Now, what about Trumpoline and your film? Is it an extension of your life or is it just a concept that you came up with? Okay, so I've been through a lot of trauma in my life and we can get into that or not get into that. However, uh, the losing the sisters thing was brought to screen in heroin and with the getting an illness and the drug epidemic. However, I wanted to do something fun and creative and make light of trauma. A lot of people are going through mental health issues and they're persecuted. There's people with special needs and wheelchairs. There's people that are starving in America right now and beyond globally. And since I've been through so much trauma in my life, and we can get into that if you want to, I'm happy to talk about it. Losing a sibling was one thing uh, that impacted my life dramatically. Also losing a husband um, is basically what I wanted to do was make a movie with my artistic creations and make light of all of my drug epidemic, human trafficking, child abuse, cause-based films, and just pair some humor. So I thought about Saturday Night Live. What would Saturday Night Live do and trauma? And tried to get a little creative with it to make humor in a time of uncertainty, fear, trauma, mental health issues, uh, having an overdose heroin crisis, having people that are abused by adults that are kids and minors. I wanted to just have a little fun with this movie. It was something to not take so literal and just to appreciate what's going on in a humorous way. Yeah, yeah. I know we have someone waiting to talk to you. Uh, let me ask you one more question before we uh, go to the board. Um, after making a film, and you've watched it several times, uh, what do you think you could have done or should have done differently in making Trumpoline? I, I know I did, I did this with uh, United We Stand, uh, and I saw that, you know, because we shot, we put our cameras up on the second level 
And after reviewing it, we should have put it down on the first level. I, I wish my guitarist would have been more of a representation on the front mic and other little things that you can see after you make a film. Uh, you know, you say, damn, I wish I'd have done that a little bit differently. I wish I'd have had a second uh, handheld camera instead of one handheld camera. I could have eliminated one of the cameras in the balcony and, and use another handheld camera. And, and like I said before, and getting a straight on shot instead of an overhead shot. We need a little bit more time to set up. And we just got it. We've got it there at seven o'clock when we started the show. So other, a lot of little things that you see after you've shot a film, you said, damn, I wish I would have done this. Wish I would have done that. What about Trumpeline? What is it with your film that you, after further review, like in a football replay, I wish that I would have done this differently or that differently? Well, I could say I wish I had an $80,000 red, but I want to say that, well, President Trump, I said to President Trump, happy birthday, President Trump. I just signed the Trump Align distribution deal and you can pay the $4.99. So I don't regret making the movie. I don't regret getting looping in the legislators. I don't regret bringing in the extras when they, some of them didn't know about it. I'm ha I was happy to do it and happy to credit them. And I'm happy to have a conversation with them much later. They can call me anytime. However, um, it was basically a greater good project. It wasn't meant to be the most professional blockbuster movie in America. Uh, but the audio needed improvement. I would love to have an audio box in the future that actually works because we had to get creative with leveler softwares and things much later. And some of the things I incorporated was the wind in the, in the Congress Park in Saratoga, New York scene and some of the off-loud tones were implemented into the production as they were supposed to be there but i could have mitigated the wind and at congress park in saratoga a little bit better it was freezing that day we were trying to make it look glamorous we kind of went with how cold it was in congress park but the wind was overpowering the actor and actress dialogue at times so a little bit better of an audio box externally would have been helped the project along a little bit more i don't regret calling the police and having one take for the keep the peace order that was implemented much later and not planned and the movie didn't end the way we thought it was going to end but that remains to be seen when you see the actually see the movie and pay the four ninety nine to see the full length movie. But right. audio definitely. Every time I can't rely on software in the future to level out wind and things of that nature would be my number one change with Trump Align. You mentioned the $80,000 red camera. That's <laughs> one thing that I give you compliments on. Whatever camera you used, that was a damn good camera. What, what type of camera did you use? It was a 4K. And okay. um, yeah. yeah, it was just a basic Canon. Yeah, we, I, we I, did I like use, yeah, it was just yeah. a basic Canon. We like our Canon still. Yeah, yeah, it was a good camera. Plus, uh, there's other cameras that are coming out that are much cheaper than the $80,000 red right now that are only just a few thousand dollars. And so uh, that that red, it's a good camera, but it's a bit overpriced. Let's go we to the board. We know someone that can get it, though. We, we can bring them on tomorrow for the next production. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. We have area code 518 that's been patiently 
waiting to talk to you. So 518-545, state your name, and you're on with Kimberly. You got it. You're on. Can you hear me? Uh, speak a little bit closer to your microphone. Oh, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just wanted to know why uh, did Kimberly make the movie Heroin? Did you hear it, Kimberly? Yes, I made the movie Heroin because I wanted to talk about recovery in life from drug addiction and alcohol. And my sister had passed away with heroin paired with fentanyl and Xanax in her system. She was a very prominent attorney in New York State. She defended doctors in medical malpractice lawsuits for years and years and prosecuted children's parents for abuse and graduated from Hofstra Law, had gotten multiple sclerosis and fired from her job because something was wrong with her with multiple sclerosis at the time from a very prominent law firm. She didn't want people to know she had multiple sclerosis, so she never acted like she had multiple sclerosis, but she became addicted to pain pills after she was fired from her job in Long Island for having multiple sclerosis. And so I really just wanted to talk about the pain pill, pill mill, drug epidemic, screening, uh, real life made for TV in a documentary way, which we did. And so someone who never acted like she had multiple sclerosis and was in a lot of pain got addicted by pill milling on the streets for pain pills and then when she got fired from her job she could no longer afford to have pain management from multiple sclerosis so ended up getting addicted to heroin because it was cheaper it was two for five on the streets so um i ended up making a movie called All Consuming and changed the movie to a more fitting name, Heroin. We started filming with Chuck in a green screen in Naples, Florida. And that was May of 2016. I didn't know my sister had a heroin problem at the time, but she did. She shot heroin up her nose after being a prominent attorney from Hofstra and endorsed by judges and lawyers in New York State and in the government as one of the most prominent attorneys. That's why she had her job to defend doctors in medical malpractice lawsuits. So I wanted to depict that a little bit to screen about pill milling and things of that nature. So I ended up doing that. I pulled two unknowns out of Cohoes to talk about their stories in a documentary way. And I started filming in May of 2016 and my sister died with heroin, fent, and Xanax in August of that same year. And then ended up showing the first version of the movie at Sunscreen Film Festival the following May 2017 to talk about recovery and life of addiction without judgment. I called it the heartbreaking effects of illegal drug addiction and the overprescription of controlled substances. That's well, why I made heroin. Was it, was it successful as your sister 
was. It, it grasped so much attention that it ended up being a confronting the overdose project in New York State to help people together. I had so much attention over that project because I lobbied in the New York State Assembly building with Governor Cuomo's representatives. I told Governor Cuomo's office that we needed money and resources for kids so that they wouldn't pick it up in the first place. I asked for monies for them. Uh, President Trump ended up writing a check for $100,000 out of his own checking account and releasing like $3 billion at a federal level. Governor Cuomo ended up releasing about 1.25 million uh, for recovery for rehabs based upon my lobbying. It grasped so much attention. I even have um, letters from President Trump himself uh, apologizing for my loss of my sister. So the legislators have worked with me at a local level to make it a confronting the overdose crisis in New York State project. The legislators were so kind to listen to the story of the death of my sister in the New York State Assembly building. I've worked with Senator Breslin, Senator Amador, who Senator Amador allowed me to use the photo of him in my movie and ended up being on panel with the New York State Assembly and having congressmen in my audience to show heroin and King Baby. Mm, wow. And so there's some um, history interconnectivity with, with uh, heroin and, and your yes. film. And, yes. and uh, like my question was leading to like what uh, Trump aligned, is that an extension of your life as well? Um, uh, 518, did you have another question for Kimberly? Yeah, I just wanted to know. I mean, you have to approach uh, this uh, addiction on all different levels. But what do you, you know, I see with the coronavirus and all the young people and they don't wear masks and stuff. How can you get to, is there, I guess I want the million dollar uh, answer. Is there, how do you get to these kids on an individual basis to, like, is there something you can, you want to, you want to protect them from trying it because we all know trying drugs just leads to trying more drugs and stuff. Is there one, in your experience, is there one important factor that would contribute to a, a kid uh, not trying drugs? Um, I will have to go back to my psych and ed degrees and when I taught kids on heroin. And what I did was I spent like three days to prep for my heroin lesson in New York State in a middle school when I taught sixth graders. I spent three days getting the statistics and the facts. I sent, spent three days calling the experts, doing my research online to deliver the message to kids. What I would have done differently, and I've had apprehensions about taking the education of heroin to sixth graders in all the schools in New York because the parents are afraid to talk about it. And my spin on that is at least the Muppets are talking to them when the parents aren't. Uh, what I would have done differently is I did my research, I gave them the facts, and the sixth graders wanted to know what to do about their parents' controlled substance abuse problems. What wow. I would have done differently at that time as a teacher of heroin in a New York State school to sixth graders is bring in a support staff of counselors to address what they could do differently to properly mitigate their parents' substance abuse 
controlled substance abuse problems and keep teaching kids in schools with facts on heroin. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Oh. And let, me just take a, let me just take a break here for a quick second, Kimberly. This is T25CL yeah. Entertainment. You can visit our website at www.t25cl.com and check out our various music um, artists and their CDs and, and the work that they do and you can listen to all of their music on T25CL and you can listen to a 30 second clip of all of their music, you can sample their music and if you want to buy their entire CD you can download it to your various type of listening devices and also check out our, our film projects and we have Kimberly Trapani on here today and her film is on our, film, on our website as well, it can be viewed for $4.99. You can see it as many times as you want over a period of 48 hours along with United We Stand as well and the Kev Choice concert as well featuring uh, the great uh, pianist Kev Choice and also listen to our 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week uh, uh, radio station where you can listen to jazz, R&B, hip-hop, and uh, West African music as well well and gospel music and spoken word as well too so we are an independent um, entertainment based company and so we want you to come in and support our artists because this is the way we put them out there they're not at Paramount or Universal or Columbia they're here at t25cl.com and so let's support the independent artists, whether they're film, their music, where they're writing books or spoken word, whatever it may be, and check out our various uh, radio talk shows. And, and this is how we promote our artists and world issues as well. Even though we're talking about film today, but we're also talking about social issues as well. And as artists, and that's what we do. And our personal lives or beliefs or our expressions are expressed through our music and our film projects. Back to you, Kimberly. I know we have to get this dissertation in of my life. It's being a middle-aged woman. I've had a lot of experiences in trauma and Trumpeline was a passion for me because yes, we address a little bit. We touch a little bit about marijuana in it and prostitution and human trafficking issues and the gaps in the criminal justice system and how that all meshes like glue. We talk about that in our film, how and I didn't write certain scenes of the story, they just played out along the way and it's scripted now kind of thing and getting the Schenectady police involved. I so appreciate them, even though my cousin, I didn't mean to be embarrassment. He is a lead detective over there. I, I didn't mean to embarrass him. That wasn't the way it was gonna go in my movie, but it did. But we appreciate the Schenectady police. Eric Clifford knows that I appreciate them. And we had full permitting for most of the time of Trump Align to film it low on the radar. But to answer your original question, yeah, it's a little bit of a spinoff of my life. I have a very understanding business partner, Chuck. He's been through the dead sister thing with me. He is still with me. Since 2014, being an amazing business partner and letting me take creative control, I have an understanding boyfriend who's been emotionally supportive and has coached me a little bit. He's a smart man about my career and my filmmaking and has been un shown me unconditional love and support in the process of what it is I'm really doing. So uh, Chuck has been amazing. Brian Connors has been amazing. William, you know I love you. And there are so many things going on right now in this time of fear and uncertainty. It was important with Trump Align to just do a little bit of humor, to tone it down a little bit, because yes, I'm making movies that aren't happy topics. 
they're most of them are documentaries. Trumpeline wasn't intended to be a documentary. It was meant to be organic, try something new, and make something that showed a full-length movie to address domestic violence, relationship differences, and do it in a creative, comical way so that we could make light of an unhappy topic and make it interesting, but compelling in the process for greater good. So yes, I could compare it to an SNL because we were trying to create comedy in a time of uncertainty and fear with clear relationship differences in this country and the world beyond. Everything seems to be abnormal right now in this time of uncertainty. It's it's not the way I learned in a Catholic school. I read out of textbooks and wrote, wrote and signed my name out of composition notebooks. I had to learn the World Wide Web on the job when I was negotiating for airlines, hotels, and pulling people out of Coke and putting them in Pepsi and doing travel for for people like boxers of the world that were famous at the time that are no longer with us, doing travel for prominent CFOs and CEOs and accountants and, and placing them in positions. So I wanted to do something with my creative brain because creative people need art and entertainment. So I wanted to pair that together to help with some of these unhappy topics and these stigmas of mental health issues. Yes, people have thought I was crazy for actually going around with a camera and doing headstands with Trump toilet paper in front of a church. <laughs> but it, it, it made it was interesting for a movie and I was able to say to President Trump, President Trump, this is not a political film. Happy birthday. We just signed the Trump Align deal. It's not about you. It's about the people of America. It's about these cause-based issues that we have to deal with that are real, like domestic violence. I'm a victim of relationship differences like child abuse my family has been victims of child abuse like the kids i've taught that want to know about their parents substance abuse problems and how to deal and mitigate their parents so that they can go home to normal households whatever normal is in 2020 and to make light of that so it was filmed prior to me doing the COVID thing and the confronting the overdose crisis, this was filmed before we even knew what social distancing was. Mm. All right. I hope that answers that question. All right. We have a few minutes left. And before we depart today, I see that we have a call coming in from the great videographer and technical director. Mr. Gregory Harrison, how you doing, sir? Okay, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. You're on with filmmaker Kimberly Trapani and her film Trumpeline. Do you have any questions for Kimberly today? Not at this moment, because I still haven't had a chance to look at the video or the movie. Okay. Uh, but I do plan on doing that, and then I will have some input as to what I see. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Well, we've had a very compelling conversation with her today, and I talk to Kimberly on a daily basis. And so, but I really feel that this hour long conversation has been very enlightening, and I've really got, gotten a chance to know you a, a whole lot better, I would say. And so, you have any closing remarks that you want to make, and, and we can. Uh, uh, definitely do this again at a latter date 
I know we only put the promos out, I think, uh, early last week or so, or late last week. And so it's no problems with doing this again and again, because this is what happens on Galaxy Talk Radio. Even though we may have some predeterminations of what we want to talk about, but these shows tend to take on a life of their own. And um, it can go in what ever direction we just kind of just roll with the punches like we say in the boxing world just roll with the punches and so uh, anything you want to say in closing it's been a very compelling conversation so anything you want to do to wrap it up yes i am working in the community on several things i am working on with second chance it's a television and production company that gives back to the economically disadvantaged on their public relations executive. And I've written a script to give them, they are gonna appear on Fox. And I've done radio shows to talk about what Tiffany and Paul are doing for the wrongly incarcerated. I believe in their vision because everybody does need a second chance in life. We're in a time where we're playing by whatever rules it's going to be in the next five minutes. We relied on a constitution that is kind of going by the wayside and not to get in a political conversation with you because I really do appreciate Senator Breslin, Senator Amador, Assemblymember John McDonald, Governor Cuomo, President Trump, Congressman Delgado, and all the people that have worked with me to enhance my filmmaking career i do and they did tell me they were going to help me so it's not a political conversation right now i'm helping the world to live my slogan is we do hope i appreciate my business partners my team my friends and family that have helped us along we're real folks and we are helping the world to live. So the, if you want to see us on film, that's fine. It's it's an interesting movie. You can rent it on Vimeo. Andre's been amazing. We, we travel in the same circles. We have access to Academy Award winners. But this is not about making a made-for-TV movie. This is a much more powerful statement. I've taught kids, I've done yoga in a suit with children with special needs. It's because we care. We're helping people together, not just in New York State, but in America. Andre gave me a chance by distributing my movie foreign and domestically, but there's a greater good and a greater cause here to help people together. Let's work as a team because no one can do it alone. We are not perfect people. We are in this together to help each other. You can reach me out out to me anytime by phone, by private messaging, by email. Andre knows how to get a hold of me. My business team knows how to get a hold of me. I'm willing to help you with your dreams and your goals. I hope you're safe. I'm on my knees praying. God bless. See you soon. Thank you for having us, Andre. I appreciate you so much. I know Chuck Artizone does. I know Brian Connors does. Um, Eric Yetto, you're fabulous. You've been in two of my movies. Thank you so much to the world for listening to us and giving us a chance to help the world live have a great day thank you i'm praying thank you kimberly and looking forward to doing this again with you and so we will do it again in the future because this is what we do we promote independent artists 
And so this is the home for independent artists here at T25CL Entertainment. And Gregory, thank you for calling in as well. And Lady Roz is in a meeting, and so we know we can't interrupt her. And so um, thanks, everybody, for taking time out in the middle of your busy day. I know my phone's been blowing off the hook over here, so I got to make some calls as well. We got to save the world. And so thank we'll you, Andre. We'll yep. we'll do this at a later time around Governor Cuomo's schedule. I'll make sure I I get with him soon. I appreciate right. it so much. Have a good day. I'm looking forward to meeting the governor. All right. Thank Peace. you so much, Andre, for having us. Peace. All right. Also, this this show will be available for downloading probably within the next hour or two. Okay. And so you can download it and you can email it out to all your friends and business associates. And so they can hear what went on here today. Okay. I look forward right. to the end of 72 and United We Stand. All right. I want you to see United We Stand for sure. So I want you to see how we get down with it over here. All right. Thank you okay. for having us, Andre. All right. Peace be with you. Have a good day.